The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Melanie Sanoe. I am the second vice president of the American Council of the Blind Next Generation. And I'm also on the uh, ACB Employment Committee with my co-facilitator, Peter Altschul, who's here with us today also. Um, I do want to welcome you to You've Got the Job. Now what? (laughs) So we always talk about um, getting the job. We don't often talk about what do you do once you get it? So um, I do want to just real quick, um, briefly introduce our panel. And this is a big session on storytelling. Um, They're going to share their stories about when they got the job and how they dealt with accommodation requests. Um, Their stories about the flexibility in trying to get the job to um, uh, be accommodating for them and to do, do all that problem solving that goes with it sometimes. And then also um, the conversations about being with the company and being promoted um, and trying to get the next job within the company. Um, so our panelists, well, like I said, Peter um, Outschul is here from the uh, as co-chair of the ACB Employment Committee. They're partnering with us today um, to bring you this program. Hi, Peter. Hey, Mel. Thanks for uh, having the Employment Committee co-sponsor this. I'm looking forward to uh, co-facilitating this session with you. Love it. Thank you. And thank you, Employment Committee, for partnering with us every year. Um, We also have Stephen Salas from Austin, Texas. He's a tax examiner with the U.S. Treasury Department. We have Kim Polk, who's a retail technology sales representative from New York City. And we have Lillian Goodman, who's an accounting support specialist from Hillsboro, Oregon. So just to kind of walk you through how this is going to go, um, each of our panelists are going to talk about their story Feel free to raise your hands if you have any questions. Monica will slide them in as appropriate, and then we will always have a Q&A at the very end. Um, So I'm going to pass it over to Stephen Salas to uh, give us a little bit of uh, background on himself and his current job and his story about um, that job offer and getting his accommodation request. So Stephen, take it away. Hello, everyone. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, as Melanie was talking to you guys about that, tell you my story about a little bit of how I got the job. I got a preference that's a little bit and then the accommodations part, which was kind of a drag, but luckily I had a good manager and a good team behind me to uh, raise that war. But um, so to start off, I got a pref- preference on how I kind of got the job a little bit, just like a quick little two minute, maybe one minute story. Um, so I think it was like, I had to been 2021. Yeah. Cause that's when my daughter was born. <laughs> uh, I was in college going to school to try to get my degree in teaching. Um, but my daughter was born. And of course, many of you guys know having a newborn going to school and trying to work was very tough. So I had to quickly drop out of school real quick. Uh, I say drop out, like put, put school in the back burner for a little bit and look for a job. Um, I saw that the uh, the IRS was hiring, so I just applied like anybody else would apply online. Um, I didn't go through World Services for the Blind, nor did I use Schedule A. I just applied and used my resume to get in. I, I ended up getting the job a couple months later. Um, 
so once I got the job, I got this email saying you have to accept the job. Within that email, it talks about um, if you need any accommodations, fill this form out and submit it. And I didn't know anything about the federal government. I didn't know anything about um, what you can use and what you cannot use. So I assumed um, I don't need any more accommodation because I have my own computer and I have my own jaws and whatever i need I'll, I'll be fine so once i got in did all the orientation and went in there spoke met my my team my manager and i could not use my computer and my uh my jaws and any of my software anything that i that i had reason being because it is the federal government and it's very secure you have to use their equipment their stuff and they will get you stuff but unfortunately um because i didn't fill out that form at the beginning it took a very long time and as many of you know the federal government works in a slow pace um luckily my manager was very very um forgiving very very accommodating in terms of finding me something to do while i was there um and I ended up building a great relationship with my manager. Um, you know, he's never worked with someone with a vision impairment. Um, he had people with disabilities there. There is a woman who was deaf um, there. And there's uh, another person with a physical disability. Um, but he's never had someone with a vision impairment. But him and I got along so well. I, I think it has something to do with our attitudes and personality and our ages being roughly the same. Um, but anyways, um, he, he, we and him were working together trying to figure out things to do without using my computer and trying to figure out things. Oh, maybe I could get this printed out in Braille or maybe I can, you know, use my, just anything tactile, like we could use tape or something to do whatever it is I needed to do at the job. Unfortunately, um, a lot of the stuff was very visual and I couldn't, you know, you can really mess with anybody's text documents. You can't change anything. You can't really doctor any, any kind of form because it is someone else's information. And, you know, that's not what we do. Um, so I just had to wait and be patient. Um, luckily my team was very accommodating. Like they knew like, okay, it's not his fault. You know, I, I've, I've seen in some um, jobs where some employees get jealous, like, well, you know, he's not doing anything. Why is he getting paid as much as I am? And, you know, some people get jealous. As well, but luckily, my team wasn't. They knew the situation and everyone was very cool about it. Um, I was just basically what I would be doing is sitting at uh, in a desk with someone. And because my department is very secure, you have to have a restricted badge to come in. Um, you can't bring in any sort of um, different types of materials. You can bring any type of uh, anything. There's just certain items you can't bring in. And there's very, of course, you can't leave with any kind of paperwork. You can't leave with anything. So it's very secure. So they had placed me in a security desk with one of the employees and her and I um, basically just checked everyone, which that woman, that that's her job. She sits there and she does, but uh, I just sat there with her 
And that actually allowed me time to get to know people while they were passing by and stuff. So everyone got to know me. Everyone got to be cool with me. Um, you know, I felt like a team member because I was actually just getting to know people and talking to people. But in the meantime, my manager was very push, pushing uh, with the accommodations people like, hey, we need to get this done. Um, we can't be waiting. We can't, you know, we, we he just can't be sitting here. Like he, he applied for this job and he wants to work. So I'm glad I had a manager that actually pushed on and just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and did not let up because um, they do run slow. They're very slow. And then finally, I was able to get on a meeting with them and talk to them what I needed and just the accommodations I needing. And everything went through fine. The other part was, like I said, the federal government runs slow. It took them a while to actually submit the paperwork for the stuff that I needed. So that took another month or so, um, which, again, my manager and my team was very, you know, patient and accommodating and they're, they're, everyone was fine and ended up finally um, getting my equipment. And it was going to take a little bit longer. Um, luckily, I knew how to run JAWS and I knew how to install JAWS and I knew that I could use MVDA to uh, install it. And when I was with the um, accommodations people, it was going to take them about, I don't know, I think he told me maybe like an hour to install the system. Um, I basically told them, like, hold my beer. I, I got this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I ended up installing the JAWS myself, um, got it going. And that kind of got them a little, uh, that kind of showed them a little much what I can do in terms of the computer um, so once I got that going, um, basically it took me a little bit longer to actually get to know what exactly we're going to be doing and what I, what cannot be done and what showing them what JAWS can and cannot do with the scanner as well. Um, some of the stuff I still can't do, so it's not a hundred percent accessible, uh, like, being able to get JAWS to read any handwritten documents. Um, it's a little tough, but it's, you know, really can't do that much. But anything digital was working fine. Um, there was some part of the department where it just, there's, I, I couldn't do it just because, like I said, it was 100% visual. But uh, for the most part, it was working fine and it's still working fine. Um, and just, just, it's 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 slow moving, but it does if you are patient and if you keep a good attitude. Because a lot of the people there, where actually where I work in the IRS, um, it's very how do I put this in a nice way? Um, time consuming, and we we know that the fact that everyone, almost everyone, hates the IRS. And that's who we are. <laughs> and so it it takes like a special attitude and personality to work there, um, especially in my department, because we're threatened with a lot of um, uh, chemicals and bombs and stuff like that. And so we, you have to be patient. You have to have a great attitude. Um, build relationships with your, your team and your manager, because that'll go a long way. Um, 
and they will definitely have your back through and through. Um, but in but in the most part, it, it took a while. It it took a really long while, but it was it was worth it. Um, you got to understand that the federal government does work in a slow pace, and especially when they're hiring lots of people. It was I got the job kind of like in the tail end of the um, pandemic, so that was another thing that was kind of like on my side, but also not because it was just taking so long. But uh, for the most part, it was it was okay. And now, now that I got my um, all my equipment and everything that I needed to do, I ended up getting. Uh, it only took like a few months because they they realized what I can do. Um, ended up getting a two dollar and fifty cent raise um, because of that. So and because you know, if you keep, if, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer if you have a good attitude and good personality and you work well with others, that would what work in your benefit. Um, but yeah, that for the most part, that was pretty much my story and how I had to, you know, be patient, um, get the equipment that I needed and just to, you know, have my team on my side and having a great manager that would, you know, have my back through and through no matter what and being patient with me and trying to figure out something to do in the meantime, while all that was going on. So Steve, yeah, can I ask you a couple of questions? Um, yes. This is Peter. So the first thing is, can you briefly talk about the work that you do? What, what's your job title? What, what are your uh, job functions? Uh, I'm a tax examiner. Um, it's a lot of jargon, but let me see if I can simplify this. Um, essentially, I fix people's documents when they, let's say, you forget to add your child to your tax document like as a deductible and you already sent in your documents like, Oh man, I need to fix this. You guys call us up or you send an email or something. And then that email or that tax documents getting sent over to us. And I have to fix that for you. Um, Okay. You wanted this. Okay. Let me make sure this is done. I make an amendment and boom, your, 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 your tax document is fixed or, um, you've put the wrong address or such and such, any errors that you make on your part and you submit an amendment, I will go ahead and fix that for you. Um, as long as you submit the right paperwork. And my other question is, how's your kid doing? Uh, she's doing wonderful. She'll be two in September and she's learning a lot, way smarter than me. I don't know where she got her smarts from. Probably her mom. mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, thanks, thanks for answering those questions. I appreciate it. No, Steven, I've so got two for you. Um, sure. Would you have done anything different? Um, yeah. If, if I had known that the federal government doesn't allow my equipment to go in there, I would have definitely submitted the accommodations form ahead of time. And actually, I'm glad you, you asked that question. I was able to get two of my friends' jobs with, well, not with where I work at, but um, in other departments at the IRS. And I told them ahead of time, make sure to submit that form because they'll get your equipment quick. And sure enough, they did. So, <laughs> so I would have done that operations. first. <laughs> yeah. <got> yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you said that you um, still have some things that are inaccessible. How, and it sounds like they're still part of like your job function. So like, how does, does your team help? Like, how do you compensate for the stuff that you just, you just can't do? Um, 
Well, luckily, like my, my department has different teams, right? So I can't give too much information, but one of the teams basically does all the documents that is handwritten. And they got to do that with actual paperwork right in front of them, take out the stuff that's not needed, put in the stuff that's leaving the stuff that is there, batching them together and, you know, sending them to the next department um, that I can't do. But that's a form of the department, which is soon to be, which actually was told uh, yesterday at work that it was soon to be obsolete within the next five years, possibly. So, um, yay for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to do that anyways later. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's just one of the things that I can't do just because it's all visual. Uh, some people refuse to do their taxes online, which is okay. Uh, but Eventually, that'll go away soon. So, mm-hmm. and then, do you have any goals in the next three to six months? Are you happy where you're at? Do you? What does that look like? Um, it's hard to tell because my I haven't I have ADHD, and I have so many roads in my brain, and I would love to stay there. Um, unfortunately, I ha- I have different goals that are not part of the IRS. Um passionate about music passionate about teaching um but got the benefits and the pay at the irs is great <laughs> so <laughs> um it's hard to say what my goals are within the six months or you know even tomorrow um but I, I, for the most part i just want my family to be okay and stable and financially you know protected so um i think that's that's my goal just to make sure my family's okay i, I don't want to put them at risk with anything so yeah Hundred percent, Peter. Any other burning questions? No, uh, thank you, Steve. I'm. I'm. Uh, 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 I, that, that's very helpful. Thank, thank you, guys. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to pass the torch to Miss Lillian Goodman. So, Lillian's, um, for lack of a better word, <laughs> topic is about flexibility, to say the least. And I'm hoping to hear some good news, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So I will pass it over. Tell us about what you're doing um, or what you got hired to do versus what you're doing and (laughs) some of your background and and tell us your story. I kind of want to give kind of a background of kind of how I got the job, um, you know, kind of my background and everything. So in 2022, June of 2022, so exactly kind of a year ago, uh, I graduated from Portland State University in Portland um, with a degree in business administration um, with a concentration in accounting. Um, you know, it was hard, but, uh, you know, I kind of made it through. And so then I just kind of took, you know, some time off just to kind of decompress from being in school for six years and and whatnot. And so I just started kind of going on Indeed and um working with my um, rehabilitation counselor um, from the Oregon Commission for the Blind um, on kind of what next steps were, you know, finding that, you know, position. And so we were on this um, platform called MaxList, I believe it's called. And it's similar to Indeed where um, people, you know, or employers, you know, put job postings up. Um, And we came across um, a position, an accounting support specialist 
um, at the Northwest Regional Education Service District in Hillsborough. And um, just kind of background on what they do, they um, provide services to um, to kids so that they're um, able to stay in their school um, systems. And um, whether that's occupational therapy or, you know, teachers of the visually impaired or orientation mobility and, um, specialists. So I was like, you know, this is great. I've, um, you know, gotten, you know, that's who I got services through um, when I was in school and, you know, really valued what they did. Um, so my position, what I was hired to do, um, was to be in the payroll department, um, and provide payroll, you know, um, do payroll for our 10 to 11, I think it's now nine or 10 component districts that we support and do payroll for. Um, and usually, um, you know, uh, a person on the payroll team, they'll get a district that they're in charge of doing payroll for, you know, so I prepared, you know, for, um, you know, the job I moved to be closer to work, um, you know, got some mobility um, to figure out, you know, how to get to work. Um, and everything was, you know, going well, and I show up to my first day of work, and it's kind of the, um, you know, all the orientation and whatnot. And actually getting JAWS, because um, that's the screen reader I use, um, and having um, someone, you know, actually in the IT department who actually knows how to set it up. So I didn't ha actually have to do that. Um, you know, that was great. Um, but when we logged into the system, um, they use a system called Infinite Visions. And the way that you sign into it is through another program called Sictrix. Um, and so um, you basically kind of sign into Citrix and then kind of um, log into the, uh, the different districts. And so I did that and, you know, got in there and JAWS basically was basically broken, basically not accessible at all. Um, and so kind of long story short, um, I, you know, worked, oh gosh, I want to say two months with one of the, the technical engineers to try and get it working um, again. Um, the other thing about this is it's a very old um, piece of software. Um, and it's also not the traditional, you know, you just, you know, hit enter on the, the program and, you know, it launches. It's, you kind of have to go through these specific, you know, steps to launch the program. So I think that's why JAWS kind of has an issue with it. Well, anyways, you know, about December, we, we got it working. <laughs> it was very funny. We, uh, her and I, we had a big celebration because we finally got it to work. And it was a matter of it didn't like Windows 11 or it didn't like Windows 10. It worked better with Windows 11. And there was a couple other settings that had to be pushed. Well, fast forward to about March or April, they did some sort of um, update and uh, it's reverted back to its original, um, you know, uh, thing where JAWS doesn't work at all. Like even like something as basic as like insert F12 to tell the time doesn't work in this program. It's it's just not accessible at all. 
So that's kind of the background on that. And the person who has helped me with this in the past is um, been on, on leave um, for many months now, and I'm not sure when she's coming back. So I haven't really been able to um, fix it. So kind of what I was hired to do was, you know, process the payroll. And um, currently, um, and we have this kind of full list of what the steps we need to do to, you know, how, you know, make that process happen. So, um, you know, the, the good thing in all of this is I have a really good, you know, supervisor, um, really good team behind me. Um, uh, she was like, well, you're a first, you know, person who's blind that's worked in the fiscal department, which is the department I'm in. So we're just going to be creative, think outside the box, um, you know, um, and they've really focused on what I can do and not what I can't do. And I've really, really appreciated that. Um, because what I'm kind of currently doing now is I do, um, payroll for the kind of segment or certain subsections of the, the ESD's payroll. Um, and I kind of, I tag team it with another coworker in the department and I do the, you know, processes that I can do like, um, entering, you know, some of the time, um, into the web-based version, which, is actually more accessible, but it um, doesn't have all the, you know, categories that I need to do the full payroll process. Um, and so, you know, I just tag team with him and we we get it done. So I do a lot of the reviewing um, and, and whatnot. I do, there is another program that, um, where we set up everybody's timesheets and, um, uh, let's, you know, kind of that. And, and that program is, I would say 95% accessible. Um, and so I do a lot of work, um, in that. Um, so it's not really accounting related, um, but it's, um, you know, something. Um, and so, uh, I think that's kind of, you know, and I guess I will say that I did have a meeting um, with HR and my supervisor and then the um, my re rehabilitation counselor from the commission and then a tech specialist from the commission as well um, to talk about, you know, what I've been feeling and, um, you know, what what are some solutions and um they, I did get some, I guess, hopeful um, information from that. Um, I guess they are moving towards a cloud-based, web-based version, um, but not until spring of 2024. So, but, um, and I did ask, you know, because what I've learned is, you know, one thing, you know, someone can say it's accessible, but is that really true or not? Because they're not necessarily using a screen reader. So I asked, you know, could I be a tester, um, you know, for it? And they said, yeah, we can try and make that happen. Um, they are going to do, try and do some scripting of, you know, certain portions that I use um, a lot in, in the program. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think of, I think that was kind of the big thing. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a gist of my story and the answer to your, uh, original question, Mel, there's kind of been backward movement, not forward movement. Um, but there's been some things that have kind of, 
you know, come about. So um, that's kind of my, my story. It's, uh, it's evolving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Peter, do you want to jump in? Yeah. So um, yeah, the, this story, in my experience, is not unusual. You know, the, the, yes. the web stuff is not accessible. I'm having yes. issues with my current job as well yes. that I have to work around. So my question to you sort of is, um, how much time are you doing nothing? In other words, how much time are you bored? Are you, uh, are you, do you think you're being productive? You may not be as productive as you'd like to be. Um, um, how are you, you know, doing- I have to be very honest, I have good and bad days. Some days okay. it's, um, you know, I'm chugging along doing quite a bit. And then actually this past week, it's been like, okay, you know, it's like, uh, you know, just kind of really ticking away. It's, um, you know, because I'm tag teaming with someone, it's kind of like, okay, I can do what I can do. And then I kind of have to sit and wait until they get their stuff done. Um, and then I can do the next process. Um, so I don't know if there's a specific amount of time, I would say, of like I'm sitting around, you know, not doing anything. But I'm kind of like the type of person that if I do encounter that, like I'm trying to find something to do. Um, or I'm asking, you know, um, you know, is there anything I can be doing to help, you know, where I do have access? Um, but I would say there are times where I'm kind of like, you know, um, what can I be doing? Because I don't have access to, you know, a lot of it, you know, a lot of the payroll processing does happen in this program called Infinite Visions, And so, and that's a lot of the time is, you know, um, you know, doing that. So, yeah, I don't know if there's a specific amount of like time, um, but there are periods where, yeah, I'm kind of not sure really what to do. And, you know, it's a certain time in the month where, you know, there's not as much happening. Um, So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it's a tough call to make because you want to be as productive as you can, but sometimes you have no control over that circumstance. Yes, correct. And and, and you have to sort of of figure that out. Yes. Uh, My other question has to do with, and this may be hard to answer, but what are your plans Mm -hmm. for the future? Uh, Are you thinking of staying there? Are you thinking moving on? You know, (laughs) I actually have something in the works at the moment um, and I don't really want to say where it That's is, okay. and what it yeah. is, um, cause it's kind of still evolving. Um, but I don't see myself stay. I mean, because I, I think the, you know, they've been really great. You know, I love people I'm working with and I think, you know, they've done a lot of great things for me. But also, I don't feel like I'm using my accounting degree um, because a lot of what I'm doing is, you know, setting people up and I'm not really working a ton with numbers in my accounting skills. So I don't foresee myself um, staying there, you know, long term because I do want to be utilizing my accounting skills and my degree and be in a space where it's more accessible. You know, I know that, you know, a position, uh, you know, is not going to be fully accessible, 
But with this position, it's like it's not accessible at all. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing that, you know, has been, um, you know. Uh, I'd imagine that was a challenge, right? You, you, yeah. you like people you work with and they've been really supportive of you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, you know, yeah. this is not really where you, yes. uh, you know, you're <laughs> where yeah. the future, where you're going to end up, yes. it sounds like. Yes. That's, a, that's a tough road to. Yes. And I, on. you know, I want to be growing in my skills and, um, you know, being in. Yeah, a field. Yeah. So it's been kind of a a tricky thing to kind of figure out because, yeah, on one hand, I love the people that I work with and I don't want to, um, you know, put them in a position of they're down a person. But also, on the other hand, um, you know, it's important that the, you know, pieces of software that I'm utilizing are at least somewhat accessible and I'm able to, you know, do the job, you know, more than like 50% um, because, you know, that's what I feel like I'm only able to do really like 50, you know, 45 to 50% of the job. Um, and for me, I, I do realize that, you know, asking for help, you know, is, is what we have to do as blind individuals, but I feel like I'm doing that kind of constantly throughout the workday. And, and that's hard as well, because, you know, I don't want to be putting more onto my coworkers plates. Um, and that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing. So, I don't foresee staying there. Yeah. Forever. Um, but you know, uh, and I, you know, so I just, I've got something in the works, so we'll just kind of see where it goes. Um, yeah, no, uh, yeah. well, thank you for being honest. I appreciate it. Yeah. That. Yeah. No problem. Well, that's great. Lillian, thank you so much. Um, I think your story is, is to, to Peter's point, right? One we've, yeah. We've heard it before, but um, now we need part two. So <laughs> keep us posted. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to hand um, the torch over to Kim Polk now. Um, so Kim, if you want to share with us a little bit about your background, um, I know you've been with your company a long time. Um, I know you've had a promotion in there. Um, and so if you could just tell us a little bit about um, what you do and um Kim is really talking more about that, that promotion piece. What do you do when you've been there for a while and you want to do something different, but you want to stay um, with that company? So Kim, take it away. All right. Thank you. And so that was a great segue. I am thrilled to say that uh, I have been in my current job as a technology sales representative in retail for coming up on 12 years. I would love to say, too, that it was great doing it in this order because Stephen and Lillian, I experienced almost everything they do. We have some of the same challenges with access to technology and so on and so forth. So this is an incredible um, experience right here. If I could go back and tell my younger self when I was 18 and I was diagnosed with uh, retinitis pigmentosa and informed I was going to be going blind, uh, my future seemed really bleak because I already had severe hearing loss. I am considered deaf blind. So I have additional challenges as what, uh, with the vision loss in uh, communication with um, uh, just speaking to people or understanding screen readers and all those sort of things. And I'll share some of those. A little background on me. I was first a stay-at-home soccer mom, so to speak. And I went to school. I connected with the Commission for the Blind uh, about the time my kids were entering college and they 
the Americans with Disabilities Act had come along. So I actually began college, the first person in my family to do so. Um, I began college in my 40s and earned my degree. I earned a bachelor's in information technology. I actually married my two passions, one of them being uh, technology, of course, which I guess I fell in love with when a, my first big hearing aid box was strapped to my chest when I was a little four-year-old girl. And um, that just hooked me, right? So I had wearable technology long before that was a cool thing. Anyhow, uh, I earned my degree with uh, instructional web design, but I was unable to find work doing that because shortly after I graduated college is about the time my vision loss reached a point where I could no longer tell colors and different things like that. I did connect up with Helen Keller National Center a couple of years after I graduated college, and that began a new journey with more rehab and uh, learning about tools that don't totally rely on speech Right. So I have a vibrating alarm clock so I can get myself up independently and all these different skills, uh, quite a few of them. And while I was a resident student at Helen Keller on Long Island for eight months, the idea came up that since I loved um, technology so much, I should apply for a job in a retail um, store. They had seen someone with low vision working at one. Now, I know people at this point who work in uh, gosh, they work in cellular companies, they work for cable TV companies, there's, uh, I think everybody who makes any kind of computer has a flagship store here in Manhattan. So there's lots and lots of places to work. I'm not going to share exactly where I work for a number of reasons, one of them being that uh, what I've discovered, <laughs> you learn these lessons the hard way. Sometimes you work in a place where people want you to uh, give them freebies or discounts or all different kinds of things. Um, and as well, just like with our two previous speakers, there are privacy and security concerns when you work in a technology company. I think that with all the cybercrime going on there, that we're going to see a lot more of that moving forward. And it does create login issues and different kinds of things like that. But the company, by trailblazing and speaking up each time I encounter an obstacle in something new, uh, I'm serving as a trailblazer. And I totally enjoy that. My team and my managers, they have just the utmost of respect for the fact that I bump into these sometimes, especially when it comes to issues with customer pets in the store. Um, some of the issues can bring me to tears, but then I, you know, suck it up, take a breather and get back right into it. And my team has all the respect in the world for the difference that I make. I think one of the important things I've done uh, is be an advocate and speak up and share. I found an app, uh, it's actually by Ira, um, that shows, it's called Vision Sim, and you can open it up on a smartphone and look out the phone as if you had, say, glaucoma or retinitis pigmentosa or uh, macular degeneration or any of those. We can imagine, anyone else can close their eyes and imagine total blindness, but nobody can imagine any of these conditions. So giving them that insight helps them understand. I'm with Stephen. The more I share, the more open I am, the more I have a cheerful attitude, all of these things open the door. Uh, even in the break room, just asking people where they're going on their next vacation and different things, it brings out the human side 
and helps them find ways to relate to me and breaks down those barriers that come from, I think blindness uh, is, it has a great deal of historical uh, taboo, almost like uh, preventing people from wanting to know what to say. So for example, when I got my white cane, I found that the public doesn't speak to me. Once I got a guide dog, that changed. So bringing my guide dog into a busy store, I had oper- I, I encountered obstacles with people sneaking in, petting her in the break, petting her or even feeding her a snack in the break room and things like that. So um, my first dog got rather spoiled in the in the store, and when I retired her and got my second one, by then I understood how the communications and everything works in the store, and I was able to do a little introductions about the new dog and I set the ground rules for no feeding we have to bond and all these different things I always work with vocational rehab Uh, I've gone back to them multiple times so as my vision loss decreases and I need new skills or if there are technology changes and that sort of thing then I will revisit vocational rehab and reach out for more training and support they have come on a couple of occasions to the store to help me um, examine different aspects of my job. So something that might not be accessible, for instance, in, in sales would be, uh, this is New York. We have tons and tons of tourists who pay cash. And of course, I can't count cash. So there's almost a buddy system where there's someone nearby and I can just raise my hand and people are looking out and they'll come over and support with their buying cash or IDs or whatever may not be accessible. And then I focus on doing everything else that I can do. And that is just uh, an amazing experience. I'd also like to share that my focus moving forward, uh, I'm going to, the way I worked with earning a promotion was to volunteer for and often be selected. Uh, people would reach out and say, hey, we have this project. We'd love to see if it's accessible. Would you come be willing to try it? So always looking out for opportunities where I can try something different. And even if it's not something I think I want to do long-term, I'll learn new team building skills, new communication skills, any kind of new software skills, anything that I can do to build my toolbox so I can qualify for my goals, which would be uh, leadership roles. Um, What I do is I'm always advocating to my managers. They are, like Stephen mentioned with his and Lillian, uh, having an understanding manager is great. One of the challenges in being in my job for nearly um, nearly 12 years Managers change quite often in uh, retail. Everybody changes. It it doesn't matter what business you're in. If it's retail, then shifts change, uh, roles change. So uh, this means I am constantly educating new managers, new peers. And now everyone actually is curious. Um, If someone seems not, I like to be approachable. So I may actually offer if someone would like to see how my Braille display works. Or once again, I'll ask some other question about their future and what their goals are. So I do the job of making sure I'm approachable and building those relationships. 
to earn the promotion by doing all those different projects that I worked with with different teams, I was able to refer to those and the skills I learned from them when I interviewed for new roles. And that's how I um, became a, uh, how should we say it, uh, one of the uh, more uh, expert salespeople in the floor. It's my business to um, support new employees, including with training. And it's just, I totally love doing this, but my um, goal is to keep climbing that ladder and keep trying to push through that glass ceiling, even if it means, uh, because it does, right? Uh, it's the software and the tools and the processes may or may not be, they may be labeled as accessible, but usable is another story. For example, if it takes 30 keystrokes to accomplish uh, one point and click, then it may be more important to reach out and say, hey, I've checked this out. It's uh, not accessible. Do we want to eliminate the task or shall we find someone to support the task? Or perhaps I will be using, uh, shall we eliminate the task? Uh, and shall we give feedback to the appropriate teams and so forth? So those are some of the things that I do. I'd also love to share that Braille is changing the game for me. If I want to present and train, then I need presenter notes and I can't listen to voiceover, especially not with my hearing loss while I'm talking. I also cannot understand voiceover while someone else is talking. So being able to use a Braille display and have dedicated devices at work uh, as with Stephen, I cannot uh, bring anything in, no personal devices. I think that's, for privacy and security, I think that's true of most companies now. You must use their equipment. Um, even working from home, uh, they'll provide, many of the companies will provide the, the uh, devices that you need to do your job. The newest thing that I have done in preparation for obtaining a training role is uh, through Helen Keller National Center, I learned about a new communication tool. Uh, it's called Haptic Signals. It's not a language. Instead, what we did is develop a training in our store and a number of my coworkers have volunteered. And what they do is sit beside me or stand behind me during meetings because any retail business has sales meetings. Um, during those meetings, they will use their hand to essentially sketch symbols. So think of icons like a smiley or a frown or a line up to indicate someone raised their hand. So we're doing this on my arm or my back so that I can receive silently real-time information. And because of that, I was able to uh, do some projects with training and now I'm developing more training for inclusion and diversity and networking. I also look for mentors and strengthen any of the skills. I look for feedback and take it to heart because the ultimate secret to success is learning, learning from others, learning from our mistakes, learning from what works and moving forward with our future. So I'm tickled and I hope that there's something helpful for uh, each of you in this. Kim, and you've talked you. about, about how you um, advocate for your needs, which is really important and I appreciate that. 
but I have I don't quite have a, 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 a grasp of what you actually do, what you're hired to do. And, I, and I'm, I'm guessing you got promoted to do something else that was different. So can you sort of talk about the work that you started doing and what you're doing now? Oh, sure. Thanks. That's a great question. Well, think of any store on earth, right? You walk in and you have a salesperson. Have you ever had a, a sales issue and you would like them to get someone who knows a little more? I'm not a manager, but we have levels. So I do sales and I can ring you up when you come into the store to purchase something. I can talk to you and answer your questions about anything that we sell. And then as in my current role, I'm one of those people who there are very few of on the floor that when they run into, oh, how do we, okay, they want to do a return and it's not working. What am I missing? So I have the knowledge to answer those kinds of questions. And maybe they want to know which products work together with others, compatibility and things like that. So I'm a product knowledge expert, I guess would be a safe thing to say. And now what I'm looking to uh, do instead is become more of a lead, a leader, a person who is going to help manage the sales floor. And so that's my goal at the moment or uh, and ultimately even uh, being someone who trains people to do uh, some or all of these jobs. Part of my job now as um, one of these experts is to help train uh, new employees that are just starting in the store. So help me understand something. You mentioned briefly that there's things uh, that a, a quote-unquote non-disabled um, salesperson would do that you can't do. You know, the technologists where you can't ring up sales, for example. There are things that you're unable to do. Um, uh, how how do, how do you make those adjustments? In other words, you know, um, how do you sort of balance things you can or can't do and, and ask for help and not ask for help? How does that work? That's a really great question. And that was a, uh, a long learning process, right? Because it's all about trial and error. Like, like our other two participants in this panel, um, I'm the first one with uh, blindness, right? to work in this particular location. So again, I'm, I'm trailblazing this journey for all of us. In the beginning, it was really challenging and there were some people who were confused and thought, hey, gee, you can't do your job. And then there were others that said, well, there's gotta be a way to work around this. So the, one of the first things we learned to do was to give me extra time so that I can actually uh, go off the sales floor and try out processes and uh, maybe even get a coworker to say, okay, let's pretend we're doing uh, a, a particular task and see if we can figure out a workaround. And at times I did go back to um, the Commission for the Blind and get vocational rehab and we worked, tried to work on things. There were limitations because of the uh, privacy. There were certain things that we couldn't work on together, but I continue to reach out to managers and either offer uh, hey, this is what's not working. Can we escalate this? And they will absolutely try to do that. Again, uh, it's a slow process. And sometimes, especially when it comes to technology, uh, it may be that we have to wait for the next, you know, software update uh, or whatever. I'm able to ring people up. Some of the software is extremely accessible and has been uh, receiving a lot of feedback because there's many people in my role across the company. So some tools are much more accessible than others. Um, and then I will just simply raise my hand and ask. Because one of the other things I can't do is even tell the difference between uh, a coworker on the floor or a, um, a customer. 
So I I just simply lean on them, my team, by me speaking up and having meetings with managers and saying, hey, it would be really helpful if um, all all the managers would bring a customer to me right? Instead of me walking around looking for customers yeah. that need help. Yeah. So we come up with all these different uh, processes. A lot of them, I think most of them, I innovate. Thank you. Uh, um, I'm, my questions are done for the moment. That sounds good. Kim, thank you. I'd like to open it up now to our, our panelists also, if you guys have any questions, um, and our attendees. So if you guys have any questions, please feel free to raise your hand and Monica will call you out. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> okay, we do have a hand. It is Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, what a great presentation. Thank you all. Um, fantastic session. I have a question about accommodations. Um, I'm going to keep the background as brief as possible so other people can can share and participate. But Um, I'm a school speech pathologist, which means I have a caseload and I've been in my district for 12 years and I've had really great supportive coworkers and supervisors and and HR people. Um, But we've been short staffed the last couple of years since the pandemic and there's no set caseload cap in our district. It's an average. So I've been fortunate because of amazing supervisors to always be a little bit lower than the average. But this year, that just wasn't possible. Um, and the thing that I'm finding the hardest is with assessments, there are a lot of pieces of it that definitely take me longer than uh, they would a sighted person. And so I feel like I probably need to go to HR and ask to add some sort of accommodation onto my uh, reasonable accommodations plan. But I don't know entirely what to ask them if I should ask them to set me a caseload cap or like a number of assessments open at a time cap or um, to have always set some time with um, an aide or assistant. And I'm just wondering, or if I should just go to them and present different options and see what we can spitball and come up with. Any any thoughts would be helpful. Hi, this is Kim. I would think that your last one would be your best option. My managers love it when I come to them with multiple options so that they can feel like they're part of the decision process. And it, it presents different, oh, you can do this, or we could, oh, okay, let's consider them. And I would do that with uh, your leadership and your your uh, HR department. Okay. This is Lillian. I would also just add kind of, um, you know, when I had the meeting with HR and, and my supervisor, you know, I tried to come with solutions because, mm-hmm. or, you know, some, um, things that could help the situation and, you know, kind of just kind of talk it out and, you know, have, um, a team there that could provide, you know, different perspectives, um, you know, so that we could kind of all talk about, you know, what might be most helpful. So I think too, also having, you know, um, you know, your support system, you know, um, you know, or whoever else you're working with, um, you know, to kind of be there as well, um, to kind of, cause it, you know, they might provide something that you hadn't thought about, you know, that could be a solution. Um, so I just wanted to add that, um, cause it was helpful for me when I kind of had that meeting, um, because I was a little nervous, you know, to go in, you know, by myself, um, because I didn't think I had all the answers and all the, you know, 
things to present to them. So it was helpful to have people from the commission, um, you know, who, you know, are knowledgeable and other things that I'm not, um, you know, as well as people from, you know, my, um, my organization. Um, so that might be a thought too. I'd like to add one more thing, if I may, this is Kim. And um, one of the things that moved the needle the most, I would say this is the biggest needle mover, is actually demonstrating an issue to a manager. Because the first year I was there, they said, oh, yeah, you can have extra time. You can have an extra 10 minutes to learn how to do this new thing with your screen reader. And I'm like, it's going to take more than an extra 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So once I demonstrated um, I had them come to my computer and listen to the number of action steps that were required. And they were like, how can you even keep your thoughts when you're listening to all that screen reader talk? And so they instantly came from that moment on. When I asked for more time, they started asking me, how much did I need? And so, yes, I'm not meeting any uh, perceived metrics or anything like that. But my team understands why. They knew they admire the fact that I'm trying my very, very best. But giving an actual demonstration to someone or in, if that's not possible, uh, the other thing I learned to do is say something like, because uh, I, I used to try to describe the steps. Now I just say, well, you know, I can only do 10% of that uh, in the same amount of time. Or I'll say it takes uh, 30 uh, keyboard strokes to equal one point and click. So what can we do to make this more, more usable? right? It's just to be aware of the extra time it takes to do something. What worked for me in my situation was there are certain things I was really, really good at, and there are certain things that I couldn't do. And so what we ended up doing is allowing me to do things I was really, really good at and, and doing more of that and taking off the loads of some people and then giving the stuff I couldn't do to folks in return. So it's sort of a trade-off. I'll do A and B for you if you do C and D for me. And you know, I'm wondering if that might work in your situation somehow or not. I don't know how the caseload system in your system works, mm -hmm. but, you know, the, 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 this ties into a session that uh, I just finished facilitating. Know what your strengths are and what you do really, really well, and then work, work from there. And again, that, that may not always work, but it worked really well for me in certain circumstances. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. Next, we have Melissa. Good morning. <clears throat> good morning. Um, good morning um, from Washington State. Thanks, Monica. Um, so um, this, uh, first of all, thank you to all three of you for your wonderful presentation. Um, this is at a very crucial time in my life right now because I am in the process of looking for another job. Um, I worked for over 13 years at our Lighthouse for the Blind but due to an on-the-job injury, I had to quit that job. And thanks to a friend of mine who's also totally blind and who worked with me at the Lighthouse, when the pandemic hit, he got a job working at Washington Employment Security Department as an intake agent. So he helped people that were on unemployment insurance because of COVID. And they happened, they were hiring thousands of people for that job. And I um, filled out the application. And much to my surprise, I met all the qualifications. So that was exciting. Um, however, when I came into the job, they had no idea that I was totally blind except for a few people. Um, and they were hiring 90,000 people to do that job because these COVID cases were not done yet. Well, I, I had training one-on-one -on -one for four weeks with a very nice lady who also worked with my friend. 
um, and she was excellent. Um, I only completed 15% of my training, and because of that, they no longer qualified me for that position, and my management team refused to give me more training, and therefore, I was on reassignment leave from December 30th through January 31st, which was my last day of working that job because of budget cuts. Um, They ended up laying off the non-permanent workers, which is what I was. So my question, I guess, is I'm trying very hard to avoid that kind of situation from happening again with another job. And I am working right now with a job coach, thanks to Department of Services for the Blind. And my question to all of you is, how were your um, coworkers and supervisors and HR and stuff like that, how were they able to train you all on your jobs um, without being, I guess, mean or too assertive with you and saying, oh, well, if you don't do this the way I want you to, then you're going to get fired or something like that. Or, you know, and, and as you know, they'll say to you, okay, I want you to click on the red icon. Well, we can't see that. So how did you guys deal with that? And again, thank you all very, very much. God bless you. I love that. The red icon. I've, we've all heard that one, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Lillian. Um, you know, as I mentioned, when we first started the training, um, I wasn't really able to do any of it because I didn't have access to the main piece of software um, I needed to. Um, so they had to really pivot and and think of what things I could do. Um And I don't know if there was a really, I think it was just based on kind of the personality of my supervisor, which is hit or miss, you know, um, you know, to get a really, really good, you know, supervisor. Um, So I think, you know, we just went to doing, you know, other things, um, you know, that I could do with, with access to what I had. Um, so, you know, and I did kind of experience a little bit of, you know, you just click on this, but they also were just really good about kind of just saying what I needed or what I was looking for, um, you know, and being patient with me. So, um, I think, you know, yeah, it was, I don't know if there was a kind of a, you know, since I just kind of got lucky, you know, that they, um, you know, were willing to kind of talk things through um, and be patient with me. Um, yeah. Other thoughts from the panel? Yeah, I'm kind of in a weird situation where um, the story that you brought up is kind of similar to mine, but this is where I, I do love the federal government, or at least working for them, is that I do have a union behind me. And the people that I'm working with are very helpful and accommodating. Um, I guess in terms of having the supervisor, like not like not being mean to you or not like, I guess meet them halfway when I was doing some of the training, um, they wouldn't say click the red icon. Um, they would tell me, okay, we need to go into, um, let me give you this acronym called this, this play, this, the system called bears and I go, okay, so is it a link or is it a heading that I need to go look for? I'm like, well, it's 
they don't know what headings are. They're like, oh, it's 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 big and it's it's blue, like uh, like below other things. Okay, so it's probably heading. So I'll, I'll look for it, or I'll put up the headings list or the links list, and they'll wonder like, oh, how did you do that? Like it's just easy. Just I just need you to describe to me or what it is that I'm looking for, and I would say just meet them halfway. Um, but in terms of like having them not be mean or put you in the chopping block to get fired. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much well protected with a union and um, that will prevent that from happening. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to say if, if your company or the company that you're going to look into has a union to help you or to have like basically be your, to be in your corner to have you have your back. That that helps a lot. <laughs> this is Lillian again. It just what Stephen was saying kind of sparked. I kind of did that as well. I I would ask um, because I think it's important to be kind of your own advocate and and kind of um, you know tell your supervisor and coworkers what you need. And so I would ask them, okay, you know, um, you're telling me to do this. Um, what you know. Uh, uh, word phrase or word am I looking for, you know, um, you know, to kind of help with, you know, them saying just, okay, click this. Um, and I think also to, you know, just being, um, you know, really positive and, um, you know, kind of upbeat and kind of, yeah, telling them what um, you need um, is is also very helpful. I would agree with that and say that I do the same thing. There are times when people describe things. I find that having, um, for instance, maybe the, the screen reader is going to my hearing aid through a listening device and I will unplug it so they can hear what I'm hearing and I'll ask them to help me because as we know, the screen readers, they don't know top, left, right, all that sort of thing or the colors. So I'll ask them to see it and I'll ask them to um tell me if I'm headed in the right direction, left or right, or like you described, just pulling up a list of headings, buttons or whatever, and seeing if it will work and, uh, and inviting them and saying, it's really helpful if you please um, help me find out what the name of that is instead of describing a color of something. Tell me what the button does and I might be able to search for something with that label. Sounds like sage advice. Um, I think we have time for one more question, and then we've got a couple of door some closing remarks. Yes, we have Carrie next. Hi, finally, I got unmuted. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the showing thing is really important. I started a job uh, about 16 months ago at a community college, and I've actually sent out information because they, they'd, they'd uh, even put out flyers to everybody that are not accessible. So I've sent out information on how they could make things more accessible for, you know, people with all disabilities. And I've actually had them come to my office and see what JAWS does to stuff. I've had, you know, somebody who creates our surveys for the college come work with me too, just to see how it's working so they can make it a better experience. You know, so just being open to being that um, <clears throat> resource for, for your coworkers is really great. But the thing I wanted to, to mention 
as a resource, it's called the Job Accommodations Network or JAN. And it's um, the website is ask, askjan.org. And it's a website that has a lot of accommodations for different jobs and stuff. So like the speech pathologist that was, you know, asking about that, you know, you can go in there and search different information, and it'll give some types of, you know, accommodations. It's not um, necessarily a full list, but it is a good resource to look into if you're not totally sure, you know, what kind of accommodations may work. And the other thing I wanted to mention is um, <clears throat> there are a lot more other things that may be going on in our lives that could create some other accommodations, not just the visual impairment. Many of you guys know that I've been fighting cancer and cancer is one of those protected things um, under the ADA and there are accommodations for that as well. And so just, um, you know, when life happens and these other things besides sight loss gets in there, or if you have increased sight loss and need to revisit those accommodations, always reach out to your employer and say, hey, you know, but let's look at some other possibilities here so I can continue to do my job. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. Gary's information was really great. I have used that, uh, the Ask Jan, uh, as a way of um, making certain that when I go to my manager or human resources team with a request, that it is something that can actually, that is appropriate. Uh, so that's a great resource. Well, we've got just a couple minutes left. Um, and I want to just wrap up by saying, you know, I, I, I heard a common thread, um, which is which is perseverance, um, which is flexibility. And um, the relationships, all three of these. Others. And I, I know myself, I, I've, I've the same here. The relationships have just made everything easier, more manageable, less frustrating. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad to hear those threads through everybody uh, in this panel. But I want to thank um, Stephen and Lillian um, and Kim for being here. I want to thank Peter and the Employment Committee for co-sponsoring um, this with us. Um, if you want more information on ACB Next Generation, please visit our website at acbnextgeneration.org. If you want more information on the Employment Committee, you can find information about us on ACB's website. Um, we have a podcast. Um, I mean, Peter will do this more justice. Just <laughs> Peter, talk about the Employment Committee. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to click on the Employment Committee, go to the ACB website, acb.org. Click on Committees. And you'll find the employment committee there. And one of the things that are there are our podcasts. We've been interviewing folks for about a year and a half, half an hour interviews about uh, blind folks doing what we view as sort of non-traditional jobs. And um, it's been great. And there's lots of stuff there. They're being broadcast on ACV Media as well. Thank you, ACV Media. And so check us out. And and thank, thank you, you. Uh, Del, for having the uh, for for. Uh, Allow me to co-host co this thing with you. Absolutely. We love this partnership every year. So it, it will keep going, guys. So look forward to next year. 